Blog Talk Radio. short-lived temper tantrum and uh, 
I do want to apologize to those of you that witnessed it and heard about it. I have nothing but respect for the members of the LPDOC and the hard work that they do. And um, I have taken myself away and out of anything else to do with uh, helping in any official capacity with the organization. However, I support Leonard Peltier wholeheartedly in his quest for freedom, and I believe that he is a free man that was convicted unjustly and should not be sitting in prison and should not have been convicted in the first place. So I will do whatever I can to help the cause and uh, to support the LPDOC in their effort to get Leonard free, but I am no longer officially helping them in any capacity. So I do apologize again for that public temper tantrum that any, if any of you saw that and know that uh, I do know better and I am an adult and should not have given in to juvenile games the way that uh, they were acting juvenile with me. So it does not excuse my behavior at all, and I'm not trying to justify it. I just want to say I'm sorry. Today our guest is Robert Robodeau, and Robert is currently out of the country, so I really appreciate him staying up extra late and, and joining us today to talk about uh, Leonard Peltier and the case of Leonard's clemency and how uh, what we can do and how we can work together to, to uh, work on that clemency, as well as uh, at some points in his life, if, if you all weren't aware, that Robert has written some amazing articles, not only about Leonard, but uh, on all varieties of subjects, and, and uh, I'm just very pleased that he's with us today. And he's also served as co-director of the Leonard Peltier Defense Committee before and spokesman. And so uh, I just want to, again, uh, reiterate how much I appreciate him taking the time to be here today. Uh, Robert Robodeau, are you there? Uh, good evening, Brenda, and I want to wish uh, the audience a good evening, too. Great. Can you tell us, uh, give, give everyone a little bit of background about you? About me? About you yourself before we get, uh, <laughs> if you would. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been a member of the American Indian Movement since uh, 1973. I'm a cousin and co-defendant of Leonard Peltier. Uh, we worked together extensively during that period of time. We we're members of Northwest AIM, and uh, I served as a national, international director for the Leonard Peltier Defense Committee uh, beginning in 1979 when I was released from Leavenworth Prison and up until 1985. And then I took a break, went back to, to school, got my degree, and then I served again as international director for the Leonard Peltier Defense Committee in 1990 to 92. And and then I had to take another break to deal with some realities of my for my own self in terms of uh, economics. You know, I was getting older, and <laughs> so I had to go to work and drop out of uh, politics for a while. But of course, I I have never stopped uh, supporting. My cousin's freedom. I continued, of course, as a spokesperson, being a co-defendant of this case, and I will always uh, remain a spokesperson and always uh, rally for my cousin's freedom, as I uh, will express tonight. Uh, 
Uh, I uh, developed a museum in uh, Barcelona, Spain, that's dedicated to Leonard Peltier and the American Indian Movement. I also have uh, deposited thousands and thousands of documents to the Center for Southwest Research at the University of New Mexico that is there for everybody to see and uh, uh, use as research uh, for the, the American Indian Movement and Leonard Peltier, and that was the intent uh, for the deposit. I wanted everybody to have access to uh, all of this information so uh, they could uh, competently uh, know about this case. Um, I'm um, an artist, and uh, I sell in two galleries, one in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and one in Portland, Oregon. Well, that is incredible, all, all that you have done in, in, uh, in your life, and I'm just in awe of uh, everything that, that you have done and dedicated your life to. And, can I ask you a little bit about the the first trial? And it's well known that uh, you were acquitted based on uh, self-defense in the same shooting that Leonard was convicted in. Is that correct? That's correct. Well, Daryl Butler and myself went on trial in Cedar Rapids, Iowa in 1976, and we were able to put on witnesses to show that... Uh, show the climate of fear that existed on the Pine Ridge Reservation where the shootout occurred, and uh, we were allowed to call witnesses of the federal government to, to show uh, that uh, the counterintelligence program that was uh, created by the FBI in the 60s was still alive and well in the 70s. Uh, we were able to call the director of the FBI himself, who, in fact, uh, assisted us in, in uh, establishing our self-defense uh, as well. Uh, as a result of that, we were acquitted. In Leonard's case, uh, the FBI, after that trial, were very angry, very upset, uh, we analyzed our case, and we have documents uh, that show their research of that trial in an effort to to find a way in which to convict Leonard Peltier. And in doing that, they moved Leonard's case from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where he was scheduled to go on trial before Judge Benson to Fargo, North Dakota, uh, to a racist judge who complied with everything the FBI wanted, and uh, which was to deny all the witnesses that Daryl Butler and myself were able to to put on the stand. Leonard was not able to put one on the stand as a result of the rulings made by the judge in that case. And as a result of that, 
uh, he was, uh, as anticipated, con- convicted of aiding and abetting. Now he was tried as as a principal, but in appeal, the prosecution admitted that you know they had no wit- they had no evidence to show that Leonard was the principal, the person that actually killed these agents. Uh, and uh, they have admitted that uh, they do not know who killed these agents. Uh, who he aided and abetted is is a mystery to us all, because he certainly <laughs> certainly no one else was convicted of of killing these agents. And but we want to go back to the first. Uh, the the fact that. Daryl and I were acquitted on grounds of self-defense, and uh, so we, as the jurors found, were acting uh, legally and within our rights to defend the community that we were defending, uh, the jumping bulls at that time, and so was Leonard. So who killed the agents is an irrelevant question. Who killed Joe Stunt? He also died with a bullet in his head. Uh, no one was ever charged with his death. And uh, so these are pungent questions that, uh, that have never been answered by the federal government or uh, anybody else. And were you, uh, not ju- to, ju- were you not allowed to testify uh, at Leonard's trial? Did they ask you to? I was brought to Leonard's trial in Fargo, and I was set to go on stand, but uh, for some reason, known only to the attorneys, uh, they did not put me on the stand. It was. <laughs> it became obvious at the initial start of Leonard's trial that... Uh, the federal government, uh, as a judge, was not going to allow any sort of evidence that would condemn the FBI's activities on the Pine Ridge Reservation. Um, the the fact that uh, they created a reign of terror that lasted for three years, and which resulted in over 60 deaths and several hundred assaults, you know. Uh, and that wasn't, we have, that wasn't brought up either, I know. No. But it was very clear after the Wounded Knee occupation in 1973, in the winter of 1973, that uh, the, the White House issued a issued a paper authorizing the FBI to engage in paramilitary operations against the American Indian Movement. Uh, this document is pretty well known by by those that are, anyone that's familiar with the case. Mm-hmm. So tell me it what basically you gave, uh, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, nothing, go ahead, I'll let you finish your thought. Well, the FBI during that period of time used every excuse to attack him and its and its supporters, and uh, they supported the Goon Squad, which 
which uh, uh, were the perpetuators of the 60 homicides and uh, hundreds of assaults that occurred during that period of time. Uh, the reports show, you know, uh, the, we have requested that the FBI release F FOI documents. These are documents, FBI reports, and memorandums, and teletypes that show the activities and reports of the FBI during this period of time. Uh, I think they've released something like several thousand documents over a period of 32 years, and they have over 100,000 documents. Uh, they've refused to release documents on the anime case to the Leonard to Leonard Peltier, whereas they've released the same documents we requested to writers uh, like uh, Hendricks, who wrote this book on, on anime Aquash uh, a couple years ago, about three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. The Unquiet Grave. Right. And uh, the only, uh, we got the documents through Hendricks, whereas the FBI would not release them to us. And the, I mean, it, <clears throat> it's uh, it's one of the things the FBI do is they use the media and they use writers such as Hendricks to put out their propaganda. Right now, they are using another writer uh, in the anime case to investigate for them. Uh, those they believed were involved in the anime case. And uh, as a result of this writer's investigation, uh, they've been able to gather information that will be used in the upcoming trial in April uh, against John Graham and uh, Dick Marshall, who have been charged with uh, murder of anime Aquash. But these are, are common tactics used by the FBI. Uh, well, I think it's encouraging that one of the first executive orders that our new president signed was to do away with the secrecy in Washington, and he, his executive order was to release more of those documents. But I, from what I understand, some of the documents they say they can't find or they lost, or, uh, and, and that's been the excuse that they've given when asked for some of those documents in, in relation to Leonard's case, is that they're unable to find them, they've been misplaced, or, you know, the, the old, uh, I can't find them, so they're, they're just unavailable. And, uh, yeah, well, you have to understand that these documents are strewn over 50 different states, and when lawyers like Kuzman, who is currently Leonard's attorney, request these documents, he has to make requests to every one of these area FBI area offices, including the main office in Washington, D.C. It's a lot of work, you know, and this has been going on for, well, for at least 25 years, the request of these documents. And uh, we still have not been able to get at uh, the documents we know are existing in FBI files, and we 
in relationship to informants in this case. We know that there were informants, uh, but we don't know the full extent of uh, how these informants were used, the information elicited from these informants, and that's our, our uh, one of our main uh, uh, targets in, in locating uh, this information and because they could possibly uh, lead to a new trial for Leonard Peltier, depending on, on uh, what they might tell us. Well, I was going to ask you what you thought about the clemency chances under the new president and the last day action that our outgoing president did in regard to Leonard. Uh, he, he actually signed the order uh, denying Leonard's clemency on his one of his very last acts as president. It's what uh, President Bush did on his way out. And, uh, well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, President Bush was nothing other than a criminal himself, and you know, I didn't expect anything from President Bush, and anybody that did expect anything from Bush was uh, way and way out in left field. Uh, I believe that when President Bill Clinton was in office, and that request for par uh, for clemency was made, uh, Clinton actually stated on the Amy Goodman show that he would give Leonard Peltier every consideration, and he denied uh, Leonard Peltier clemency. But people have to understand that Clinton himself uh, was under a scrutiny for illegal acts that he had committed during his tenure of and as president uh, and the FBI, in my opinion, had a lot of uh, pressure against Clinton. Of course, uh, the FBI did demonstrations in front of the White House. They took out large uh, ads and papers, the New York Times, uh, condemning any attempt to give Leonard uh, clemency. I mean, the FBI have several uh, websites, have developed at least two websites that I know of that uh, just to uh, keep Leonard in prison, okay? And they are maintain these websites, have maintained these websites for at least 15 years that I know of. And the anime case is another another term is, is being used uh, also in an attempt to keep Leonard Peltier in prison for the rest of his life. Uh, it's used to being used to bring out false information against Leonard Peltier. Uh, one witness, Kamuk Banks, uh, testified against Leonard Pelter in 2004. She was paid $42,000 in compensation for her testimony. Uh, she testified that Leonard had uh, confessed that he killed these agents. Uh, 
now she is married to one of the investigators of the anime case. Mm-hmm. And uh, the upcoming trials will also be ongoing attempts to throw dirt at Leonard Peltier in an attempt to keep him uh, imprisoned. And of course, all this information that they are putting on record in the anime case will be used against Leonard Peltier, not only uh, before presidents, but also before any pro board that Leonard Peltier will go before in the upcoming mm-hmm. months. Yeah, because I've seen it on websites where they say he that he ordered um, the killing of Anna Mae because she knew he was the shooter. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's just wrong and pure speculation, and there's nothing to tie him to Anna Mae at all. Yeah. That's correct. I mean, uh, well, I've written extensively on this case, the anime case, and uh, it's my belief that one of our leaders did order the the killing of anime Aquash. Uh, people that are familiar with the case may re- may remember. Uh, the exposure of Douglas Durham, who was a provocateur and paid FBI informant. This was in 1975, uh, yeah, 75, uh, right before the Ogala shootout. He was exposed during the Wounded Knee trials. And... Um, Dennis Banks. He was Dennis Banks' uh, bodyguard. And it was, uh, I know for a fact that uh, anime came under suspicion right after that. Uh, anime became Dennis Banks' lover during that period of time. Everybody knows it in the movement, it's well recorded. And uh, as a result of Douglas Durham's exposure, who was Dennis Banks' personal bodyguard and uh, head of security for the American (laughs) Indian Movement, uh, was exposed. And uh, it it drove uh, paranoia right through all of the American Indian Movement. And uh, everybody. Yeah, yeah, well, it created, uh, you know, a real dark cloud over the American Indian movement and there was just a lot of mistrust that uh, swept through the movement and anime was one of the individuals that came not only uh, was she became suspect as an FBI agent by many in the movement my I myself did not suspect her uh, actually, right after that incident, uh, I made her a member of my group, and she was a member of my group still when she was assassinated by um, members of the American Indian Movement. And uh, I have made no bones about the fact that I feel that Dennis Banks ordered her executed, but 
I don't think we have enough time to go into the details. I mean, I'll take questions in regard to uh, the evidence I have and why I feel the way I feel and why I feel that Dennis Banks and John Graham are using Dennis uh, Leonard Peltier as a scapegoat uh, to protect themselves in this case. And uh, well, maybe that's another maybe. show, but um, I think it's yeah. <laughs> I think it is just totally um, ludicrous to keep going after someone for this. Uh, of course, it, it, it's awful to lose someone, and the family wants justice. The family, the family of Annie Mae, but you know there are uh, what thirty plus killings under questionable circumstances. Not you mentioned Joe Stutz, but not only him, but several around Pine Ridge and other reservations that uh, the FBI was involved with, and they're not even considering trying to find the killers of those Indians because it's just it was just another Indian. Um, and there was actually sixty. Sixty uh, killings during that period of time, including anime, mm -hmm. and uh, most of those that died were uh, AIM supporters or AIM members. And uh, I have seen where the FBI has closed the case, and so you know they keep going after something from from 35 years ago, but uh, there's no justice for the families of those 60 60 families. Well, listen, Robert, I'm going to take a break, and we're going to play a song here. We usually okay. take a break about halfway through the show and gather right. our thoughts and see if we have some callers to call in with some questions. Um, we're going to listen to a song called The Bottle Drinks From You by Little Hawk, and then we'll come back and see if we have any callers, okay? Okay. Okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. You don't drink from the bottle The bottle drinks from you You don't laugh when it's empty You're in a room. 
I'm still here. I've been told we need to yes. speak up a little bit. So if I'm yelling at you, I apologize. But I was. I was yes, it's okay. <laughs> this this phone is 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 not a good phone. So I have to put my mouth right to the receiver. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's very important, you know, that the public know that during the Looking Cloud trial, the FBI to get things into the court record that they hoped would once and for all condemn Leonard for the killing of Colin Williams, the two FBI agents that were killed during the June 26th uh, shootout on the Pine Ridge Reservation. Uh, they wanted to make sure, and they still are, are very active in making sure that Leonard is not granted a pro a presidential clemency. And so this anime case, has really uh, been. I mean, this anime case was 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 didn't even come to trial for 33 years. Okay, and they knew 33 years ago who was involved in the killing of anime. And the question has always been, why 33 years? I mean, uh, 23 years later, did they decide to uh, indict these people that they knew? were involved in it. Mm -hmm. And the first thing they put on, on on the stand was information about Leonard Peltier. And this evidence allegedly alleging that he had confessed to killing Colin Williams that came to Kamuk Banks, uh, who was paid $42,000 for her testimony. Uh, now there's going to be further evidence 
coming out, I'm sure, in the Graham case and the uh, uh, Dick Marshall case that will further condemn Leonard Peltier because this is a, one of the main purposes of the anime trials is to get them Leonard Peltier. Yeah. Hey, listen, we uh, have a caller. You want to take a take a call? Sure, sure. Hello, you're on. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Welcome Hello. to Red Town Radio. What's going on? You have a question for our guest, Robert? Uh, yeah, Robert. Uh, so, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I totally lost my train of thought there. Um, on the... Go ahead. Okay. When it came down to it, so everybody's blaming everybody, but nobody knows who, who did the killing. And one man takes the fall for it all. Uh, why... What? Why hasn't this? Uh, why hasn't they? They actually got the FBI to fully uh, pull the truth out. You know, just like the Waco deal. The uh, in Waco, you could see what was going on, but yet the FBI still in their uh, they still cover it up. I guess that would be the the question. <clears throat> well, the F- it's obvious that the FBI has a reputation to uh, that they need to protect and you know they are the America, North America the United States National Police Force we perceive them as a the United States political police force because that's a real job is to uh, put down political dissent in America and uh, they've proven and shown that over the years, since the, especially since the 60s, when they came out with their COINTELPRO program, authorized by Hoover at the time and designed by Hoover, but uh, the FBI, uh, it's very important that the FBI is perceived as an organization that is reputable. Otherwise, the public would not support their activities. Okay. Under the Bush administration, the attitudes in uh, the United States and maybe North America as a whole, including Canada, uh, changed because of the propaganda in relationship to Iraq. So, in that, when those things happen, the FBI are allowed more powers, just as the CIA are allowed more powers to. Uh, put down dissent in America, and we have to be cognizant of 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 these periods and uh, what and the fact that our rights are constitutional rights as designed by uh, euro Americans in the united states are 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 actually denied mainstream society as a result of of, uh, of this propaganda. And no doubt about but, it, it is a propaganda machine. I mean, they put a lot yeah. of thought into it. <clears throat> but right. I was amazed and when so, I put um, FBI misconduct into my search engine a few 
weeks ago, how many hits I got on stories where they had framed regular people, and just because they didn't like them or they didn't like what they had to say, and they covered, there was there was just so much. I was amazed that it, that nobody else takes the time to do that or do their research on the FBI. They just blindly believe everything that they say. Well. Obviously, the people in Cedar Rapids uh, didn't believe the FBI and were willing to look at the evidence, and that's you know what saved Daryl Butler and myself and allowed us to put on the defense that we were allowed to put on. Uh, so you know there was some consciousness in that period of time that we were ourselves were very surprised about because uh, the FBI has always been projected as this. Uh, great police force, you know, that protects America, and while, in fact, they have betrayed in the American people through such programs as a counterintelligence program that uh, is designed to uh, hey, disrespect I looked up every, every right that Americans have. I had um, looked up some of your writing, and one of the things that you wrote about was a cartoon the FBI had on their website that depicted Leonard Peltier as a cartoon, uh, in a cartoon posing as an Indian terrorist. When, mm -hmm. Do you recall when that when that was, and and how it, it uh, was perceived? Well, that was based on actually uh, I was comparing it to cartoons that were being created against the Muslim people in uh in Europe and uh, North Africa. Right. And there was a and uh you know the show the racism and the bias and the propaganda designed to to turn people against uh, uh, uh people of color in this case. And uh, so I wanted to compare the racism of that was currently being waged against Iraq with Native people because it's a constant, ongoing thing used by the United States government and uh, their allies to, to create uh, uh, support through their population through this pop, through this propaganda, you know, it, 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 they have they have control of mainstream media, and they're able to do this, and uh, and that works. In yeah. uh, uh, right after the exposure of Douglas Durham, there is a Senate investigation against the American Indian Movement, and. Uh, as a result of that, in their investigation, they declared the American Indian Movement as terrorists, as revolutionary group, which we were never, you know, uh, uh, at any one time, uh, even those words were never mentioned by politicians and people in the state uh, that, you know, they were dealing with us uh, as... Uh, as a, a political group struggling for our rights, our sovereign rights, and our human rights. 
during the 70s, but uh, it's very easy for them to create forums and 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 declare a people as as terrorists. I mean, these are the words they they constantly use against people they're stealing from. In Iraq, they're stealing oil for native people. They're stealing everything, gold, your uranium, uh, you name it, you know, and they're still stealing it today from us. And we are, you know, in constant struggle against the United States for, for intruding into our lands for these natural resources. And anybody that stands is, up for themselves is labeled a terrorist. That's correct. Anyone they want to steal from, they will label a terrorist. But I was intrigued by themselves in their lands. By the cartoon that you said was on the FBI website. Oh, that yeah, that was it was on the website. That was on Ed Woods' website. Oh, Ed Woods with an S. (laughs) Ed Ed Woods has been around a few years. He's an ex FBI agent that has dedicated uh, his life to to keeping Leonard Peltier imprisoned and. he, uh, of course, has the full support of the FBI in doing that. Oh, of course he does. Because where else would he get his money to keep the website up and everything else that he does and all the information he puts out? But they don't do that. In, in I mean, they did that after they realized the support in which the people... That were work that worked for 30 years to to for Leonard Peltier. Uh, I mean, Leonard, we have been able to. I mean, the hundreds of thousands of people that have supported Leonard Peltier have been able to garnish support worldwide from nations, from the European Union, from Russia, from from uh, Canada, from all of the tribes, support Leonard's freedom. Uh, uh, many people in the Republican Party as, uh, uh, and Democratic Party support Leonard for freedom. Many judges, uh, even uh, Judge Haney, who said on his, uh, his appeal uh, case, uh, supported Leonard for clemency, and he denied him for uh, a new trial. Mm-hmm. But he strongly supported Leonard for clemency, uh, which is it was very surprising. But nevertheless, uh, we were very pleased about that. So yeah, you know, Leonard has the support of of many political organizations, nations, and uh, as well as uh, uh, performers and uh, mainstream society, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the FBI were very concerned with this. This is why they got out in front of the White House and demonstrated against uh, Clinton giving Leonard Peltier clemency, and they're going to do the same thing with Obama. I think by Obama, uh, uh, there's, there's a good, very, very good possibility that Obama will grant uh, Leonard Peltier a clemency if, in fact, his... his uh, Stance and whole stance on on uh, justice continues, uh, as expressed in uh, the prisoners uh, being held in Cuba 
at Guantanamo mm-hmm. Bay. Right. And uh, I think that's a, a good indication that uh, Obama does represent uh, justice. And uh, I think so is, too. This is very positive for Leonard in relationship to a clemency. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, we've got about ten minutes, and we have another caller um, that, okay. that, that that might have a question for you. Is the caller there? Yes. Hello. 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 Speak up. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Am I there? Yes, you're here. Okay, you I, have can't, a question I can't for Robert? hear myself. Yeah, Bob, my name is Tachia. I'm uh, Cherokee and Comanche. And I mm-hmm. had a question for you. What is the best way for a person to handle someone that is attempting to jacket them? To accuse them of being involved with the... FBI or whatever, just simply because they do not condone what that person is doing. Now, these are called provocateurs, and yeah. these people, you know, uh, should be exposed for who they are and what they are doing. This is the only way you can handle these kind of people. You have to expose them. Uh, I don't know. It just depends on, you know, the forum, uh, the situation, and in which uh, this is occurring, but politically, it, uh, we immediately expose these people uh, after we investigate them and make sure that we are correct in, in designating these kind of people as provocateurs. Uh, this is to protect uh, our community and our organizations from this uh, type of activity. This is the most common uh, tactic used uh, by uh, the United States government and their agencies like the FBI and CIA to conquer and divide an organization. So it's very important to to uh, deal with these individuals uh, quickly. Very wise words. I'm glad to hear you say that. Anything else, Tachia? No, that's about it. I just really wanted to know um, what was the best way to deal with someone that was uh, targeting you, claiming that you were involved with uh, the authorities simply because you're not condoning what they're doing, you're not following along their little game plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does It does kind of frustrate me. It makes me angry that our own people would do that to our own people. It's, it's not even outsiders Sometimes it, it's the people that are supposed to be our brothers and our sisters, our families, our communities. Yeah, nothing like this should ever be condoned. You know, uh, it all sh- it should always be challenged. Uh, it doesn't matter how it comes, but it should always be challenged and challenged quickly and put down quickly. Uh, to allow it to fester is to allow it to uh, to become effective. Okay. Yeah, I believe that. And, and I think it's, a, it's a very hard step to take to um, to I don't know another word to use, but to out someone that um, is doing that to you. That's a hard step. Well, once you realize what it does to uh, the organization then, you know, you have to do it. it, it it's, uh, it's, a, it's 
the only way in which to survive as an organization or as a group or as a community. You have to deal with these individuals expediently in, in order to preserve the community. Can I just make a comment that I think, and I was not there, I've never been a member of AIM, but it seems to me that uh, at the at the height of the uh, the time when there was a lot of activity going on with AIM and, and the FBI started doing their COINTELPRO and, and, and having people jacketed, and they still do today. I mean, I know that uh, there was a book that came out a couple of years ago or maybe last year that uh, that was written by a former FBI agent that, that actually had some people's names in it that, that, you know, named them as provocateurs and such. But I think that it almost caused a mass hysteria. People were pointing fingers at each other. Is that you know, Joseph like Trimbach. Who is actually, I didn't even want to mention the name, Robert. Well, he was the agent in charge of Minneapolis, and actually, he was fired as uh, for his incompetence during that period of time. And uh, I think he's been bitter ever since, and, and you know, and uh, especially against AIM because he felt that AIM uh, was the cause of his his uh, demotion. And uh, so he and his son actually uh, wrote this book, and it's 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 just uh, total propaganda, uh, is all it is. And uh, I don't want to say anything more about it. Uh, if people are interested, they should go and read it. But it's to I mean, most people don't that read this book must read in the spirit of crazy horrors. Uh, and, and several other books that have been written about the American Indian movement in order to contrast and compare uh, and get some sort of reality of that period of time. The problem with uh, with most information is that uh, you need you need some sort of other information to compare it with. You know, and most people that weren't of that period of time, the younger generation know nothing, and they all they have to depend on is what has been written uh, to garner some sort of reality of of that period of time. And you know, I mean, if you're an FBI agent, of course you're going to write in support of the FBI, and anybody that doesn't realize that it has to be real stupid. <laughs> and anybody, you know, and of course uh, as members of the American Indian Movement, we write to support our cause as well. So, you know, you have two opposing forces uh, writing about each other's activities and events and history, and people have to just sit down and really, if they're really interested in uh, honesty, go through this information and decide for themselves. Well, we have a few minutes left, and tell us your thoughts about what we can do to the general public and those the rest of us that uh, are very, very interested in getting Leonard free very soon because he's he's ailing, he's in bad health, um, he's recently been beat up in prison. Um, you have any ideas on you know we've got this letter writing campaign going on emails calls yes that's the, that's the most important thing is to flood President Obama with letters you know uh, expressing 
your concerns about Leonard Peltier, the latest assaults and that occurred in Cannon uh, Federal Prison against him, against his life, and uh, to express your reasons for freeing Leonard Peltier with Obama. Uh, and that will be the target for the Leonard Peltier Defense Committee is to get people, thousands and thousands of people, to just flood uh, the White House with letters expressing yourself as to why you think Leonard Peltier should be free. Okay, well, we are down to the final minutes, Robert. Uh, I want to thank you again for calling in from an international uh, line and taking the time to spend with us today. Do you have uh, any other final thoughts before we uh, close up with our final song? Uh, well, you know, I'm afraid that if, if, if it goes to a parole hearing, like you said, uh, with Leonard, that the that the that it will be blocked uh, by the FBI and this Edwards because the the uh, the machine of the FBI ha can you know influence the parole. Obama has two appointments he can make to the parole board. I'm I'm just. Uh, Hopeful that instead of it going to a hearing, that it would be uh, put. Well, that's the, the whole purpose of of putting these inf this uh, this information in court records because it makes it official, seem uh, uh, appear to be official, okay? And it, uh, in making it appear official, it appears to be the truth, and that's the problem with uh, trials is that they can have uh, a big effect on the work to free Leonard Peltier. And this is one of my the main contentions that I've had for many years to uh, with these trials is that they focused on, Len on Leonard Peltier throwing dirt On on his uh, you know case. Mm -hmm. Okay, well we're out of time, and again, uh -huh. thank you so much for taking your time and staying up late over in Europe to call in. Well, I apologize if I if I sound tired because it's one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> 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 and I actually am. <laughs> but I really appreciate uh, you allowing me on your radio show, and uh, uh, and I uh, want to thank the public for coming to listen to it as well. Okay, we are off the air, but we are uh, still being recorded, and I just wanted to tell you uh, off the air. David had asked me to tell you hello, and oh, okay. pass regards. <laughs> is he is. Is he working still with the Leonard Peltier Defense Committee? Yes, he is. Okay, good. Yes. All right. Okay. I'll well, give him. Tell him I'll give him a call. I have his phone number. Okay. All I right. Sure I sure okay. will let him know. Okay. Thank right. you again. We're going to go thank into our you. last Thank you. Have a good song. evening. You too. Bye -bye. Good night.
And our last song is a song for Leonard Peltier by Elise D. Mazzell. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and coming to the chat room. And I hope everyone will go over to N-A-M-A-P-A-H-H and uh, support Robin. In a prison, your body's bound. And it's a hard road you have